Good afternoon. I'm Christian Zylstra, your host here of the Defender Football Pregame Show on KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5 FM. And thank you to those of you joining us online as well at KDCR885.com. Today, the Dort Defenders are on the road once again at a bye week last week after a little bit of schedule restructuring, but the Defenders, they're ready to play some football. Up in Mitchell, South Dakota today, it'll be Dort University at Dakota Wesleyan. The Defenders 1-0 on the season, Dakota Wesleyan 0-2 with the losses this year to Hastings and to Northwestern. The past couple matchups have been favorable for the Defenders. Dort is averaging over 50 points per game over the last three matchups, and the Defenders have won the last two matchups in dominating fashion. So the Defenders trying to keep it rolling here after an exciting win against Midland in week number one, a 22-14 win in Fremont, Nebraska over the Warriors. A bye week last week and a home game ahead next week against a really good Northwestern Red Raiders team. We'll get you set for today's contest in a couple of ways. We'll have our GPAC football report with GPAC Commissioner Corey Wester to start off the program today. Then it'll be our Dort football senior interview. Another linebacker joining us, it'll be Colin Ostenink, number eight on the field. He recorded a sack in the victory over Midland two weeks ago. And that will be joined by Dort University head football coach Joel Penner as he and I discuss that game against Midland, the victory over Midland, and we'll touch on the unexpected bye week and today's contest against Dakota Wesleyan. I'm Christian Zylstra. Thanks for joining us here on the Defender Football Pregame Show. It's all coming up ahead, starting with the GPAC Football Report with the GPAC Commissioner, Corey Westra. This is the GPAC Football Saturday Report for Saturday, September 26. Brought to you by the Great Plains Athletic Conference and Cypress Grist Management, the official championship partner of the Great Plains Athletic Conference. On this Football Saturday Report this week, let's begin with the scoreboard from last Saturday around the conference. It was Concordia in overtime defeating Hastings, 34-28 the final score. Morningside a winner at Midland, 42-7. Doan at home defeated Briarcliff 13-6, and Northwestern at home over Dakota Wesley, and the final score was 50-16 on Saturday. Let's take a look at the week number two, Hoffman America Sports Football Players of the Week. On offense, Jonah Wyand, running back from Concordia, takes the honor. The sophomore from Crete at 177 yards and five scores on 35 carries in Concordia's overtime win over Hastings. The fifth and final touchdown tied a GPAC record for most rushing touchdowns in a game and was the game-winning touchdown for the Bulldogs again in overtime. And with that accomplishment, he was named the NAIA National Offensive Player of the Week. That's Jonah Wyand of Concordia. Drew Bessie, defensive back from Morningside, is the Defensive Player of the Week, the junior from Palmyra, Nebraska, was tied for the team lead in tackles with 10, 5 solo, 5 assists as Morningside won at Midland 42-7. Had a first half interception that halted a Midland scoring drive and again played a key role on Morningside's defense, allowing just 7 points. Mason Krause, the punter from Doan, is the special teams player of the week. He's a junior from Linden, Kansas. 9 punts on the day in a 13-6 win over Briarcliff, pinning the Chargers inside the 20. Four times his field position was a big part of this game in Crete. In addition, he had eight tackles, two for loss, and a sack from his linebacker spot for the Tigers. That's your Hoffman America Sports Football Players of the Week for week number two. 
Coming up after the break on the GPAC Football Saturday Report, we'll take a look at this week's games around the Great Plains Athletic Conference. The GPAC Football Saturday Report will continue right after this. The Great Plains Athletic Conference was founded in 2000 and is proud of its academic and athletic excellence. Since the league began, we have had 31 NAIA National Team Championships and boast over 700 NAIA Dactronics Scholar-Athletes annually. To learn more about the GPAC, including fan protocols during COVID-19, go to our website at gpacsports.com or follow us on Twitter at gpacsports. It's week three of GPAC football, and there are three games on the schedule this week. Let's go to the afternoon schedule for Saturday, all at 1 o'clock. Briarcliff will be at home for their home opener at Memorial Field. They'll take on the Concordia Bulldogs in Sioux City. Briarcliff comes into the game at 0-1, coming off the Dome game last Saturday. Concordia comes in at 2-0 and tied atop the conference. Again, an overtime win over Hastings last Saturday night in Seward. Doan at 1-1 one one will head to Hastings to take on the Broncos. Both these teams are 1-1 one one on the early season. A 1 o'clock kick for this one at Lloyd Wilson Field. It will be Doan and Hastings. Final matchups in Mitchell at Joe Quintel Field. Dakota Wesleyan at 0-2 will welcome in Dort, who is 1-0. Dort was idle last week. And again, that's a 1 o'clock kick in Mitchell, South Dakota. Concordia and Morningside are both 2-0 and atop the conference. Morningside is off this week for GPAC football. This has been your GPAC football Saturday report for Saturday, September 26. I'm Corey Westra. I'm Christian Zylstra, and this is the Defender Football Pregame Show here on KDCR 88.5 FM and KDCR885.com. That was Corey Westra with our GPAC football report. Always appreciate Corey Westra, the GPAC commissioner, putting that program together. Next here on the Defender Football Pregame Show, it's our door football senior interview. Last week, we were joined by linebacker Josh Morazic. We're joined by another linebacker today ahead of the Defenders matchup with the Dakota Wesleyan Tigers. So our featured guest today is linebacker Colin Ostenink. And Colin, we appreciate your time and for uh, stopping by the studio. Let's start off talking just a little bit about your background. You come to Dort University from Hull, Iowa, not far away from the school. So you probably heard about Dort from an early age, but what about Dort, what about this football program stood out to you during the recruiting process where you said, this is where I want to go to school and this is where I want to play college football? Yeah, like you said, I've had a lot of connections to Dort through family members, dad playing baseball, uncle playing baseball, aunt and uncle track and softball. So obviously I've heard of it, but one of the things that stood out to me about Dort was just the commitment of the coaches that they have on your life. I remember getting texts from coaches my senior year of football, and um, they're just wishing me good luck on the game, talking to me about game plan, acting like they generally cared about who I was as a person. And then on my visit, they talked about football, obviously, but they more talked about like how my, how my faith walk is going and what I want to be when I get older. So they obviously had a commitment to my life beyond football, and that's one of the things that really stood out to me in my choice to choose Dart over any other school. Now, this fall camp was probably unlike any other you'd been a part of thus far. How was this camp different, and how did you have to adjust as you got ready for your senior season? 
Yeah, so obviously with all the COVID issues that are around, it's obviously there's a lot more precautions and a lot more hoops we have to jump through. Obviously, being a local kid, we had a team football thing every Tuesday or Thursday night that we got together. So we got a lot of details and a lot of general conditioning and work done there. So camp wasn't really that big of a shot coming in due to the fact that we had those pre-workouts in the summer. But when we got to camp, I honestly, I felt a lot of pressure due to the fact that we're very limited and things could change just like that. So getting down our details, getting our reps in, felt like it had to be done well and had to be done to perfection because we didn't know if things could change within a second. How would you describe your personality on the football field and how does that compare to your personality off it? Do you take a similar attitude or approach to playing football that you do in kind of your everyday life? Oh, I believe when you play football, you got to have a you have to have a different mindset. It's it's a sport where you need to go out there and physically dominate somebody and it's probably the only thing in life that you'll get away with doing that. I have a very competitive personality, so when I'm on the field, I'm trying to beat the person in front of me in any way or means possible. And I also take that aspect in life. I want to be competitive. I want to do the best I possibly can. So there's a little bit that transfers over from football to life, but I guess the meanness that I bring on a football field isn't exactly what I bring into life. I try to be a nice person. You've had a solid football career so far here at Dort. Dort football, we continue to see it improving in a number of different areas over the years. When you think of this football program and what it can be at its peak, what does that look like? Well, obviously, being a local kid, I've seen what Dort football is at the lowest of lows, being a brand new team. And seeing it grow how it is right now is just amazing. But like, even when I'm watching film and watching some of the younger guys, like there's so much room for improvement and we're still going eight and three. And that's exciting for me, just knowing that we can grow, we can get better kids around. We're recruiting athletes better than I've ever seen before. And just when we get all these things to click, I think we'll, we'll be one of the more dominant football teams in the GPAC and the NAIA. And I'm really excited to see what our team does in the next 5, 10, 15 years as I watch them after I'm graduated and now an alumni. So, As a senior looking back on the first several years of your career here, how important has the sport of football, this coaching staff, and this program been for you? Football has really changed my life for the better. Um, it's really allowed me to grow as a man, being committed to something, growing in my faith. Coaches are always implementing your faith into what they do. And the life lessons I've learned through football have really taught me a lot about who I am as a person and what I hope to become as a person or as a husband or as a future employee at my work. Um, I don't believe that I would have had these experiences if it wasn't through Dort football. So I'm really appreciative of all the coaches and all the people along the way that helped me get to this point. Well, Colin, we really do appreciate your time. I know things have been shifting around this season, so uh, always great to have you on, and uh, thanks for stopping by. That was uh, linebacker Colin Ostedink here on our Dwarf Football Senior Interview on KDCR 88.5 FM and KDCR885.com. Welcome back. I'm Christian Zylstra, your host of the Premier Communications Defender Coaches Show and the Defender Football Pregame Show here on KDCR 88.5 FM 
and KDCR885.com. We're joined next on the program by Joel Penner, the head football coach at Dort University. The defenders are 1-0 on the season, a 22-14 win at Midland in week one back on September 12th. The defenders had a bye week last week after some schedule restructuring, but they're back on the field today as they take on the Dakota Wesleyan Tigers in Mitchell, South Dakota. So, Coach Penner, appreciative of your time, and uh, thanks for joining us here in the studio. So let's start with the big picture. We've seen this football program make improvements in different areas year over year since this coaching staff came into place. When you enter a season, how do you make things like that a reality? Is it a different focus each year? I mean, what does it take to make those incremental improvements in different areas across the board season after season? You know, I don't know if if, uh, there's a black and white, you know, yes or no clean answer to that. I, I think I think it comes down to leadership style and setting. So for, for Dort football, going back five years, we, we, we had a vision. We had a, an idea of what this could be, and it was inspired by uh, the school that we were at and the, the context of Dort University at that time, Dort College, and um, looking around saying, man, this, this institution is just so dialed in, um, on, on track with mission, faithful to founder's vision, um, bought in, staff and faculty administration and so we tried to do the same thing with football you know we tried to align we tried to say uh you know at that time our 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 motto and still is is industry standard football and we're talking about trying to set the bar in god honoring football and then the defender way has only reinforced and and bolstered that so i i think to answer that question it's just been stay true to who we believe uh we're called to be who we are and continue to just funnel recruits and families recruit people that just get so fired up about that you know and i'm just telling you it makes it makes it so much easier to to build a team when you began every player relationship with this is what we're about are you excited about it or not and they show up they know what we're about they expect it and then year in and year out they hear the same things now we got to get creative each year because every year presents new challenges i mean this year a lot of asterisks, I guess, on following uh, norms. You know, we've had to adapt and pivot in, in many ways. But um, I think at the end of the day, every player on our team still knows what we're what we're trying to get done. Two weeks ago, your side went down to Fremont, Nebraska, a 22-14 victory over the Midland Warriors. And defensively, I mean, you guys really did it all in a number of categories, whether it was five sacks, several forced turnovers. You held Midland over on fourth down as well, a safety what do you think about the way your defense performed in that season opener and, and how did they help really set the tone in that contest? I think the defense led the way for uh, a statement of starting the season. You know, I, I, I wanted to say, well, it's because we're so senior and so veteran, but uh, we, we had a number of starters uh, out. And so we did have freshmen on the field, but they were tremendous for, for being in their first college football game. I think there's a a confidence on our defense. Uh, the guys are playing free and fast. Um, and I, I've said it a million times now, you may have a kid who can fly when you when you get out the stopwatch and test him. But when you put him in a helmet, you give him an assignment, and he's got three things to think about before the ball even is snapped, does he retain that speed and confidence in his movements? And so what I saw uh, in our first game defensively was that our team, our, team, our, our defensive guys were lightning fast and they they rallied to the football they were going after the ball i mean we we should have had at least two more turnovers 
Uh, definitely a defensive touchdown that we left out there. But they played fast and they played confident. That was a real, real, real good thing to see uh, for the start of the season. On the other side of the ball offensively, you got that early lead you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. You wanted to really come out and, and early kind of set the tempo, set the rhythm for the game. You go up 14 nothing. Your offense adds a touchdown to go up two scores in that fourth quarter. How do you gauge the way your offense played in the opener? I think we, we achieved some of our objectives. Um, we wanted to come out. We said swing first. We did that. We came out up-tempo fast. We, were, we got a few first downs on that first drive, flipped the field position right from the beginning. You know, I think we had, we had some execution errors. Um, we also faced a great defense. Uh, Mid, I think Midland's going to be a top three or four defense for sure in the conference this year. Um, and so hats off to them. They're just, they're just a solid veteran group of players, and they, they did a great job defending us. I think one of my favorite moments of the game was that fourth and one on your own 34-35 in the fourth quarter. After a couple timeouts, commit to going for it. You lean behind that offensive line, that running game, and you get the first down on fourth and one. What kind of went into the thought process of making that decision and saying, you know what, we have a chance to basically drain the rest of the clock here to make Midland use all their timeouts if we can get a first down and essentially ice the game. As a, as a head coach, you either dread those moments or you just live for them. You know, you just, and I would say for me, it's probably a little bit of both because you know, like you just got to interpret all this feedback, right? So you're, you're getting data. Maybe it's a more of a, uh, of a head decision on, well, you know, I'm looking at all of our short yardage moments earlier in the game and we, we've always gotten positive yards. You know, that's something you got to process. And then you're, you're talking with your offensive coordinator, you know, What's your confidence level on this right now? And then you're on the field. We had two timeouts there, so I'm looking in the offensive line and I'm trying to gauge, you know, where are they at with this? And and then you have to interpret all that and and then make a decision. And so that's that's what I did. Uh, you know that that exchange of they're they're calling a timeout, we're calling a timeout. We we were able to be in that position. I'm, I'm really grateful that we were we did a great job with personnel. Didn't have to waste timeouts so that we could play that game a little bit back and forth um i don't get in their head a little bit and so what what sold me was was our left tackle uh, alex heisman um i could i could just i knew the play that we were thinking was going to go right behind him and i could see it in his eyes and at the end of the day i just said you know what players are the ones that that do this and if if i'm going to be ruled by any I guess of those influences, I want to look in the players' eyes and feel what they feel and think what they think. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that if we run behind Alex right now, we're going to get a first down. And sure enough, that's that's where it went, and it went, it went our way. So I know it's not always you're not always going to bat a thousand, but that was that was a fun moment. Helped seal the game a 22-14 victory over Midland due to some schedule restructuring. Ended up with a bye week this past week. What was just kind of the main goal or objective over the bye? You know, just tidy up. Um, we were we're on a great trajectory. We we practiced well. We've overcome a lot of adversity. A lot of guys out, you know, guys coming in and out. You know, in some ways, I think that's going to be an advantage later in the year because we had so many young players. Just so we could function in practice, you know, back in in August, we had so many young players getting early reps. And uh, so yeah, it was just it was just sharpen up, clean things up. I felt like we we were on a great track. We just had to keep kind of keep the pedal down and, and heading in the direction we were going. Dakota Wesleyan this weekend up in Mitchell, South Dakota. The past couple of years, your team has had a lot of success. Offensively, the last uh, several years even, this team has had a lot of success. What do you anticipate out of the guys on Saturday against Dakota Wesleyan? And 
what will be key to securing another conference victory and moving to 2-0? and The image I have in my head is just uh, where our team's at is, you know, you watch a, a horse in a horse race kind of in the, in the gates or a, uh, a bull uh, before the, the gate is opened up. And just this excitement and anticipation of, can we just please go play again, you know? And that buildup is there. We're excited. They're, they're fired up. Yeah, we've, we've scored uh, a fair bit of points the last couple of years uh, against Dakota Wesleyan, and uh, they're a scrappy defense. Um, one of the biggest challenges is they, they just – you never quite know who's going to play which gap and, and who's, who's responsible for what. It's hard to, it's hard to get a, a solid plan together because of the, I guess, the organized chaos they create on defense. But uh, we've been able to move the football and score points, and so hopefully that trend continues tomorrow. Well, I think the fans are kind of along there with the players. You know, about six weeks of practice for one game. They're excited for another game. So, Coach, safe travels this weekend and uh, wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. Appreciate it, Christian. Thank you. Thanks again to Dort University head football coach Joel Penner for joining us here on the Defender Football pregame show. Thanks as well to Colin Ostenink, a senior at Dort University, for being our featured subject for our Dort Football Senior Interview. And thanks, as always, to GPAC Commissioner Corey Westra for putting together the GPAC Football Report. That's going to do it for us here on the Defender Football pregame show. Kickoff is just a little bit away between the Dort University Defenders 1-0 on the season against the 0-2 Dakota Wesleyan Tigers. We'll toss it over to Mike Biker. He has your call today from Mitchell, South Dakota. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center 88.5, also live on the World Wide Web, kdcr885.com, and we are getting set for football, and thanks to Christian Zalstra for setting the table on our pregame show. We're having a meeting of the captains, and one captain from each team out to midfield here at Joe Quintal Stadium in Mitchell, South Dakota, on the far north end of Mitchell, South Dakota. Alex Huisman, Alex Huisman, that is, and Josh Gary. Out to call the coin toss. And it appears that the uh, Dort defenders will be moving from right to left. And Dakota Wesleyan will be receiving the first kick. And we are just about set for football here in Mitchell, South Dakota. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. Dort comes into today's game with a 1-0 mark while the Dakota Wesleyan Tigers are 0-2 this season. And we'll get things lined up. Dort in their white jerseys, black numbers, charcoal gray pants. Some would call them black, but they look a little bit on the gray side to me with a yellow stripe down the legging and also highlighted in yellow around the jersey numbers. For Dakota Wesleyan, they're in their dark blue jersey tops, not quite a navy, more of a royal blue, white pants, black numbers trimmed out in white. Darren Berg is our referee today, part of the Great Plains Athletic Conference officiating crew. Brett Zachman will be kicking off for the defenders. Dort will be moving from west to east to start this football contest, and Dakota Wesleyan will be defending the goal to my left, or the east goal here at Joe Quintal Stadium. A large M at midfield for the Mitchell Colonels. 
Dakota Wesleyan and Mitchell sharing the field that is actually on the high school property. So Brett Zachman will be teeing it up at the 35-yard line. Dort looking for their second win of the conference season. And Dakota Wesleyan is set to return. They've got their heels on the goal line to do the return men. Spencer Negebauer, who in all likelihood is the player that Dakota Wesleyan would love to have get his hands on the ball. He's the playmaker for Dakota Wesleyan. And he will take it at the goal line. He'll bring it out. He's to the 5, to the 10, to the 15. He's got a gap. He's to the 30 and tripped up at the 37-yard line. Jalen Placide able to get a hand on him as Negabauer ran it out. And we are set for football. Spencer Negabauer, the leading receiver for Dakota Wesleyan. And he is uphanded at the 35-yard line. They mark him down. At the 39-yard line, and it'll be first down and 10 as he went airborne after receiving that pass, and now Negebauer will be off to the left. Zach Lester, your projected starter for the Tigers. The quarterback, Lester, 5'9", 200 pounds. And Lester against a four-man front put out by the defenders. Handoff, and not much there for Jamin Arend. Arend. A one-yard gain on the play to the 40, and it'll be second down and nine for the Dort defense. We've got Jessup Leakey, Jake Buchelman, Colin Ostenink. Those are your front three for the defenders, and they'll always bring the uh, on the uh, near side and uh, defensive end on the near side. We'll get an identification on him. Handoff. Up the middle and a five-yard pickup on the play. And again, Leakey is there for the stop. And for the defenders, that near side defensive end, number 92, is Max Kolb. So it's third down and four after a five-yard pickup on the play. For Jamin Arend. Zach Lester. Looking to the sideline, just underway, scoreless. Dakota Wesleyan and Dort to the near side is Chance Sorensen working against Nathan Cabongo. Zach Lester directing traffic. He's five yards deep, and he takes the snap, hands it off, and that's going to be short of the first down by a couple of yards. Josh Morazic in on the tackle for the defenders. One of the first players there for Dort as the linebackers flow to the football. And Dakota Wesleyan facing third down and two, and they're going to decline the gamble here near midfield. They'll kick it away, and Tate Gale will do the honors. Tate Gale averaging right at 30 yards per punt. Nathan Cabongo back at his own 21-yard line. Line of scrimmage is the Dakota Wesleyan 49. We had movement on the far side, and that's going to cost Dakota Wesleyan five yards on the play. It'll be fourth down now and six. So fourth and one near midfield. I thought maybe Dakota Wesleyan would go for the gamble here, keep the football. This is an offense that's been trying to find its way and have an opportunity at midfield to possibly extend the drive, keep the football away from the Dort offense. Instead, they intend to punt away here. Fourth down and six now. The line of scrimmage is the 44-yard line. 
A wobbling kick. Cabongo calls for the fair catch at the 30, and that is where Dort will take over. First down and 10. They'll mark him actually at the 29-yard line. So the change of possession, and it'll be Dort's first possession. So the defenders starting with 12.38 left to play here in the first half. And they start at their own 30-yard line. First down and 10 for the defenders. Noah Clayberg is your quarterback. Carter Skibout, your running back. Near side, Ben Hubelhorst. Back to pass is Clayberg. Throws it out to the far side. Pass is complete. That's a 10-yard pickup on the play for the Dort defenders. Simple pitch and catch over to Hayden Large. Large. More than enough for a first down, and the defenders have it at their own 42-yard line. Hayden Large, 6'3", 215 pounds. Nice big target out there on the far side. Now the defenders send jungling in motion. Handed off to Skibout. We've got a flag on the play. Skibouts to the 40 to the 35. This one thrown at the line of scrimmage, though. And we will wait and see what the flag is. The flag was thrown near the line of scrimmage on the near side. Carter Skibout with the carry. And the down markers are moving, and it appears it'll be a penalty against Dakota Wesleyan. So for Skibout that time, a 30-yard pickup on the play all the way down to the the Dakota Wesleyan 34-yard line. Gaping hole for Skibout. And now the defenders have it first down and 10 after the sophomore from Orange City. Gets Dort into Dakota Wesleyan territory. Clayberg's going to run option to the near side. Plants his foot, cuts. He's to the 30, inside the 30, down to the 26-yard line. And it certainly looked like he was going to get bottled up, but instead, a gain of two on the play for Clayberg. It'll be second down and two. Second and two for the defenders. Now the defenders more of a bunch formation. Handed off to Skibout, weaving his way forward, and Dort's offensive line right now having their way. He gets the handoff at the 26-yard line. He's down inside the 20 to the 16-yard line. That's a gain of 10 on the play, and the defenders. First down and 10 at the Dakota Wesleyan 16-yard line. Michael Sonderman in the contest now for the defenders. Clayberg is your quarterback. Sonderman is behind him. They send jungling in motion from left to right. Hand off Sonderman. Sonderman darting his way forward inside the 10 down to the 9-yard line. Ball security, a key right now. And the defenders, a 6-yard gain on the play. Make it a 7-yard pickup for Sonderman. And the defenders go tempo with their offensive plays. Hand off to Sonderman. Sonderman down to the 5-yard line. So a four-yard pickup on the play for the defenders. It'll be first down and goal to go at the five. Michael Sonderman taking over and handling the bulk of the carries right now. Defenders started with a pass on their first play from scrimmage. Got Jaden Hoisman in the ball game now. He's split off to the right. They're going to throw it towards Hoisman. Hoisman in the end zone, and Hoisman unable to reel it in. Pass is just over his outstretched hands. Falls incomplete. It'll be second down. And 10. Uh, pardon me, second down and goal to go at the 5. Just a fade into the corner, and Hoisman trying to stretch out that 6'6, 215 pound frame. Sonderman is your running back. Large is stationed to the left. Hubelhorst 
is the near side wide receiver. Clayberg sends Large in motion. Now Large on the right side. Clayberg's going to run option. Pitches over to Sonderman. Sonderman cuts up the field, drags a would-be tackler down inside the one-yard line, and he dragged that tackler for Dakota Wesleyan from the five all the way down inside the one. It's third down and goal to go at the one-yard line. Hubelhorst will check out of the ball game. Dort's going to go with a heavy lineup here. Lucas Warner in the ball game, along with Sonderman in the backfield. Clayberg in the pistol. Send a man in motion. That's Junkling. Dort, third down and goal to go. Handoff Sonderman. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown defenders, 944 remaining here in the first period. So the defenders are on the board first, six to nothing on the Sonderman. Waltz into the end zone. A one-yard touchdown run, and the defenders, that's a 70-yard drive, taking just under three minutes off of the clock. Brett Zachman, who's two for three this year on point after tries, will come on to attempt the point after to try and make it 7 to nothing. Snap is down, kick is up, and the kick is through the uprights, and the defenders lead it. 7 to nothing. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. Back with more after this. Did- Seven to nothing. Dort with a nine-play, seventy-yard drive, capped by a Michael Sonderman touchdown run, and Negabauer will bring it out of the end zone. He's to the fifteen, to the twenty, to the twenty-five, and he is met at the twenty-five-yard line. Tackle on special teams. Colton Vanderberg making the tackle, and the Dort defenders will send the defense onto the field, leading seven to nothing. So Dort got a stop defensively, forced Wesley into punt from near midfield. And promptly went down the field. And uh, now it's Dakota Wesleyan's turn to try and answer. Dakota Wesleyan's offense has been challenged a bit this season, thus far at least. Zach Lester is your quarterback. He'll send a man in motion. Lester sends Leibolt. In motion, back to pass is Lester. Lester looking under pressure, and Lester's going to take a beating that time. Tackle made by the defenders, Jessup Leakey. Also in on the stop, Jake Bielkeman. That'll be a quarterback sack by the defenders. A loss of two on the play. It'll be second and 12. Pretty good coverage down the field by the defenders, not allowing Lester an opportunity to look through his options. He was flushed from the pocket as well, and by the time he was... uh, Made the decision to tuck it and try to uh, scramble. The defenders' tackles were there to bottle him up. Lester gets the hand, uh, gets the snap, fakes the handoff, pitches out wide, and that's going to be no gain on the play. No gain on the play for Dakota Wesleyan on the pitch. That's a loss of one, actually, on that play. And the defenders coming up with another stop. Daniel Leibolt. Got the pitch. Loss of one. It's third and 13. Third and 13. 8.25 and counting. First quarter of play. And Wesleyan. Two to the left, two to the right. Send a man in motion from the narrow side of the field. That's Leibolt. Back to pass. Pressure applied. And he's in trouble and throws it away. Pressure applied by... Vanderberg, Colton Vanderberg coming off the edge. 
Putting pressure on Lester, and Lester throws that one away rather than taking the 10-yard loss. Incomplete pass stops the clock, and the defenders forcing Dakota Wesleyan to punt from their own 21-yard line. Tate Gale, who punted moments ago, The line of scrimmage is the 21. They're punting it away again. Gale, a wobbling kick, short kick. Fair catch called for by Cabongo at the 46-yard line. And the defenders will take over first down and 10 in Dakota Wesleyan territory at the 46 with eight minutes remaining in the first period. So Dort sending their offense onto the field. New running back in for the defenders. Anthony Trojan. Trojan along with Skibout in the backfield. So the defenders giving that. I call it the old power eye look, but you've got the quarterback isn't under center. Pass is complete over to Clayberg. Clayberg, a 12 yard pickup on the play to the 36 yard line. First down and 10 for the defenders. Actually a gain of 10 on the play. Thought he stepped out of bounds further up the field, but they mark him out at the 36-yard line. First down and 10 for the defenders at the Dakota Wesleyan 36-yard line. Clayberg sends a man in motion. That's Warner, the tight end from right to left. Hand off to Skibout and Skibout. Hard running by the defenders. Six-yard pickup on the play for Skibout. He carries a couple of tacklers with him for three or four yards. And the defenders now second down and four. Second and four. Here's Clayberg. Clayberg's going to run option to the left side. And Clayberg stood up at the 30-yard line. And he tumbles forward to the 27-yard line. And the player that actually delivered the hit is shaken up on the play. Clayberg picks himself up immediately. And so a player shaken up. We'll take a moment to tell you who makes these broadcasts possible on KDCR. They include American State Bank, Boren Sons, CNH Body Repair, Farmers Mutual Insurance Association, Highway Chevrolet Buick, Joe's TV and Appliance, Joiner and Zwart Dentistry, Water Valley Investment Advisors, Northside Body Shop, and People's Insurance. Walking off of the, off of the field under his own power is Adam DeYoung, a sophomore defensive back. Six foot, 200 pounds, listed about the same as Clayberg, but uh, he takes the worst of that collision. Clayberg picks up a couple on the play. It's going to be third down and two. Dort with it at the 28-yard line. They need the 26 for a first down. Dort in all likelihood in four-down territory here. Trojan is your running back to the left of Clayberg. Behind Clayberg is Skibout. Fake the handoff. Clayberg looking over the top. Has a man open. That's jungling, jungling, sliding catch down at the one-yard line. First and 10 for the defenders after the 27-yard pickup on the play. A sliding grab by Jungling, just a bit underthrown. Otherwise, he's scoring six on the play. It's first down and 10 for the defenders, and they mark him at the two. So a 25-yard gain on the play, and the handoff to Skibout. Skibout follows the left side of the offensive line into the end zone. Touchdown defenders. And the defenders, with 6-17 remaining in the first quarter, have taken a 13-0 lead after the Skibout two-yard touchdown run. Big play on that drive. The 24-yard completion to Levi Junkling down near the goal line, and Brett Zachman is on to a try the point after. It's 13-0 pending the point after. 
Snap is down, kick is up, and the kick is just wide to the right. Out of the hold of Blade Coons, and the score remains 13-0. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. Back with more right after this. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. Zachman's kick taken again by Nagabauer. He's at the 5 to the 10 to the 20, and Colton Vandenberg makes the tackle at the 25-yard line. We also have a penalty flag thrown at the 23-yard line. Usually, that results in either a block in the back or a hold on the run back. And the referee's conferring. Darren Berg talking things over with his officials. Flag is at the 24. That's where the penalty will be marked off from. So holding penalty against Dakota Wesleyan. Wesleyan will start first down and 10, and this is their poorest field position of the day so far. They start out at their own 13-yard line. So Dakota Wesleyan with a football. They have not picked up a first down on their first two drives. They trail 13 to nothing, and uh, they need something good to happen offensively, and they need to hang on to the football. They need to move it at least a little bit. Dakota Wesleyan. And they hand it off, darting on the, le- right, on the left side is Dakota Wesleyan's running back, Jaden Blumendahl. Blumendahl upended at the 23-yard line. That's a nine-yard gain on the play. And it'll be second down and one. Second and one. New quarterback in for Dakota Wesleyan as well. And this one stretched out to the near side. That's Blumendahl again, and Blumendahl is brought down at the uh, sideline. Tackle made by Dortz, Bryce Christian. And that's a first down for Dakota Wesley and their first first down of the day. Jalen Placide checking out of the contest for the defenders. I believe that's Zade Nicholson checking in. Zade, a sophomore from Walnut, Iowa, prepped at Atlantic High School. He checks in as your safety. First down and 10 for the Tigers, and going to run out of room. Rush by Spencer Negebauer, and Negebauer picks up a couple on the play, if that. And it will be second down and long. They'll give him two. It'll be second and eight. Looking to the sideline. Kyle Nelson, I beg your pardon. You got Negebauer in the backfield along with Nelson, now your quarterback. Back to pass, Nelson, Nelson floats it over the top, pass is complete, and he could go. He's to the 30 to the 25-yard line. That's Negebauer, Negebauer down inside the 30, and uh, cornerback ended up biting on the fake. Safety came over, was able to slow Negabauer up just enough that the defenders were able to catch him from behind. And now first down and 10 for the Tigers at the door, 25-yard line. So Wesleyan, after struggling on offense, changing quarterbacks after two series, and Kyle Nelson has been able to engineer a drive for the Tigers. He keeps it himself after the fake, tripped up. That was Bryce Christian again. Christian making the tackle, but a four-yard gain on the play. And Wesleyan threatening at the Dort 21-yard line. Let's see if the defenders can 
get a stop or force a turnover. 3.40 remaining, first quarter of play. Dort leading 13 to nothing. Two for two thus far on their offensive possessions. Nelson running back to his right and his left in the shotgun. And he keeps it himself and nothing there. Josh Morazic there. No gain on the play on the keeper by Nelson after faking it to Blumendahl. It'll be third down and five. Third and five. Tigers need the Dort 16-yard line for a first down. Negabauer in the backfield along with Blumendahl, the running backs. Nelson is your quarterback. Movement on the line of scrimmage. No call made. Now Nelson running for his life. Nelson trying to get to the edge, and he is forced out of bounds. He's going to be short of the first down. Had to hustle just to get up to the line of scrimmage. And that sets up fourth down and five. Fourth and five. Snap was a little high, and he had to take some precious time just to field it cleanly. Tate Gale now on to attempt the field goal. This will be a 39-yard try. A slight breeze, but not much. Josh Gary is the holder. Gale has a long of 27 this year. Snap is down. Kick is up. And the kick is good. And Dakota Wesleyan is on the board with a 39-yard field goal by Gale, making it 13-3. 1.54 remaining here in the first quarter. Dort leading Dakota Wesleyan 13-3. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. Back with more in a moment. Wesleyan is on the board, trailing 13-3 after the field goal by Tate Gale, and now Gale kicking off. Dort has Skibout back deep. A short, high kick. And Skibout calls for the fair catch at the 16-yard line. And the defenders will take over first down and 10 at their own 25. First down for the defenders at their own 25-yard line after the fair catch called for inside the 20. Sidort will take over first down and 10. They have to move the sticks yet on the far side of the field. Chain gang not aware of that rule. Sidort taking over first down and 10 at their own 25. Charlie Young in at running back for the defenders. Michael Sonderman. First down and 10 for Dort. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88-5. Send a man in motion. That's Young out of the backfield. They hand it off to Sonderman, and Sonderman nothing there that time as Dakota Wesleyan stops him at the line of scrimmage. It'll be second down and 10. Second and 10 for the defenders. 139 and counting. First quarter of play. Dort leading 13-3. Clayberg, your quarterback. Would not be surprised to see Ethan Thomas get some time today, if possible, for the defenders. Hand off to Young. Young carrying tacklers forward. 
to the 46-yard line. It'll be first and 10. First down and 10 at the 36-yard line. Handoff. And that's Sonderman. Sonderman, the ball carrier, and Sonderman. Forward progress to the 43-yard line. That's a gain of three on the play. Pardon me, seven on the play. It'll be second and three. Defenders have not done anything fancy up to this point. Second down and three. Clayberg, your quarterback, back to pass. Pass to jungling, and jungling is hit immediately. It depends where he had his territory staked out, though. And it looks like enough for a first down for the defenders. So three-yard gain on the play to jungling, just a long handoff. And jungling had just enough real estate staked out to get a first down and give Dort a new set of downs. This is the fifth play of the drive that started at their own 25-yard line. Handoff. And up the middle is Sonderman. Sonderman, another five-yard gain on the play. And that's the end of the first quarter. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88-5, back with the second quarter of play right after this. Dort football handoff up the middle to Skibout. Skibout, little or no gain on the play. It's going to be second down, and, uh, pardon me, third down and four. In the first, ha- uh, first quarter of play, the defenders... Leading 13-3, Carter Skibot, four carries for 41 yards. Michael Sonderman, eight carries for 49 yards. Both have one touchdown apiece. Dort out gaining Dakota Wesleyan in the first quarter of play. 153-71. Timeout on the field. Facing third down and four. And while they talk things over, let's take a break. You're listening to Dort Football on KDCR. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. We're also live on the World Wide Web, kdcr885.com. The defenders facing third down and four near midfield. Would not be shocked if this is four down territory for the defenders. And the defenders, Clayberg keeps it himself straight up the middle, and we've got a flag on the play as well, right at the point of impact. And I believe this might be a sideline warning, and it is. So no yardage marked off that time. This will be the seventh play of the drive unofficially. First down and 10 for the defenders at the 43-yard line. Clayberg, pass intended for Skibout. Incomplete. It'll be second down and 10. Second down and 10. Clock stops on the incomplete pass. The defenders leading 13 to 3, 14.08 remaining here in the first half. Wesleyan with that drive moments ago that resulted in a long field goal. Their first points of the day. Pass complete over to Hubelhorst. Hubelhorst racing to the first down marker and then some. 
12-yard gain on the play down to the 31-yard line. It'll be a first down for the defenders. So Ben Hubelhorst on the receiving end of that pass completion, his first catch of the day. Jaden Hoisman to the near side. Skibot is your running back. Clayberg is the quarterback. Man in motion is jungling. Handoff to Skibot. Skibot bounces outside. And he is brought down at the 27-yard line. That'll be a gain of five on the play. It's going to be second down and five. Second and five for the defenders in Wesleyan territory. Clayberg has Skibot behind him. Back to pass is Clayberg on second down. He's going to take a shot over the middle. Pass is incomplete intended for Junkling. And that'll bring up third down and five. So the defenders take a shot into the end zone. And a player for Dakota Wesley and shaken up on the play. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. We're also live on the World Wide Web, KDCR885.com. See if there's any scores from around the conference up to this point. It's going to be third down and five for the defenders. Football's at the 26. Defensive back shaken up. Looked like he may have just come down awkwardly in the end zone. 13.07 remaining. First half of play. Had a couple of incomplete passes, stopping the clock. We did not have many stoppages in play in the first quarter of today's contest. So Dort, all likelihood, four down territory once again. Dort in their white jerseys. Dort needs the 22-yard line for a first down. Hubelhorst wide to the left. Dort with three receivers to the right. Sonderman is your running back. Clayberg has Sonderman behind him. Clayberg takes the snap from the Reagan mortar, tucks it away, keeps it himself, and he is close to a first down, but it looks like he's going to be just shy by a yard. It'll be fourth down. Fourth down and a yard, and Dort will send Warner onto the field. Hoistman is off. A little more size. A little more bulk. Hayden Large lining up to the right. Sonderman is your running back. Jungling is in motion right to left. Hand off Sonderman. Easily a first down. He could go. He's to the 10, inside the 10, down to the 7-yard line. And Michael Sonderman, a demoralizing run that time after Wesleyan had held Dort to fourth down and one. Sonderman, easily a first down, inside the 10, down to the 7-yard line. First and goal to go at the 70-yard line. Man in motion. Clayberg hands it off. Sonderman. Sonderman up the middle. And Michael Sonderman inside the 5 down to the 1-yard line. It'll be second down and goal to go at the 1. Dort leading 13-3 and threatening. They're on the doorstep again. 11.54 left to play. First half. So Clayberg... Turns, hands, gives to Sonderman. Sonderman wrapped up just shy of the goal line. Tackle made by Wesleyan's Sia Owens. So Sonderman checks out of the ball game. Dort facing now third down and goal to go at the one. 
So Owens makes that tackle, wrapping up Sonderman at the one-yard line, right at the line of scrimmage. Things get pretty tight around the goal line. Dort, third down and goal. Clayberg fakes the handoff to Jungling, and then straight up the middle, gaping hole up the middle, right behind Mitchell Van Regenmorder and the left side of the line. And Clayberg goes into the uh, end zone untouched. A one-yard touchdown run by the junior from Pella. And the defenders lead at 13, uh, 19-3, pending the point after. On to attempt the point after is Zachman. He'll kick it out of the hole to Blade Coons. Snap is down. Kick is up. And the kick is good. 23 defenders lead by 17. 11.07 left to play in the first half. You're listening to Dort Football on KDCR 88.5. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center 88.5. High end over end kick taken at the 10 to the 15 to the 20. And all the way out to the 30-yard line. I believe that was Negebauer on the return. This is KDCR Sioux Center 88.5. Concordia leads Briarcliff 7-2. Dort leading Dakota Wesleyan 23. Hastings and Doan deadlocked at 14 apiece. So Wesleyan will take over first down and 10 at their own 30. Wesleyan's starts have been at their own 30, 24, 13, and now the 30 again. So not awful field position, but not great. They've been unable to break one. Nelson back to pass, pump fake. Now he's going to tuck it, throwing against his body. Pass is complete and running free out of the backfield. Jamie Arend and Arend to the Dakota Wesleyan 47-yard line. So a 17-yard pickup on the play. Arend ended up running north and south rather than east and west. Ends up at the 46-yard line, so a 16-yard gain on the play. It'll be first down and 10 for the Tigers at their own 46-yard line. So Nelson making something happen that time, scrambling. Inserted after the first two series for Dakota Wesleyan. Nelson fakes the handoff. He's going to keep it himself, trying to get to the outside, and he's going to run out of room, trying to get up. And get back to the line of scrimmage, and he is forced out of bounds. A loss on the play of one. It'll be second and 11. Second and 11, and that time, Brayton Van Kickericks not, uh, not fooled on the play. Dort leading 23, 9.42 and counting first half. Nelson is your quarterback. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Dort with three down linemen. They bring Ostendink up to the near side. A little bit of movement on the line of scrimmage. Tucking it as Nelson. He gets a block in the middle. Placid, one man, or one man to beat. And Nathan Cabongo chasing Nelson down from behind at the 25-yard line. It'll be first and 10 for the Tigers at the Dort 25. So Wesleyan, some success moving the football recently. And it'll be first down and 10 for the Tigers at the 25. So Wesleyan threatening after Dort builds a 23 lead. Now Dakota Wesleyan in Dort territory for the second time. Last trip resulting in a long field goal. Hand off and nothing there. Who shot the gap there? It was Morazic. Morazic 
Makes the tackle Jamie Arend, a loss of three on the play. It'll be second down and 13. Looks like Josh took that a little personally that Wesleyan's been able to move the football down the field with relative ease on this drive. Arend, nowhere, nowhere to go. And Kyle Nelson now splits the backfield. They hand it off, and that's Aaron again, and Aaron up to the original line of scrimmage for this set of downs. It'll be third down and ten. Third and ten with 8-10 remaining. First quarter of play. Defenders three for three on scoring drives, or three for three on drives, ending with touchdowns thus far. Wesleyan taking their time at the line of scrimmage. They're trying to shorten the game. Trailing 23, third and 11. Single running back is Aaron. Nelson has three receivers to the left, one to the right. Nelson claps for action. Gets it, throws over the top, passes, nearly intercepted, falls incomplete. Back in coverage for the defenders. That was Grant Hickson. Hickson very nearly picking that off. Placide coming over the top. And it'll be fourth down and 11. So Wesleyan, if they would kick a field goal here, would be about a 41-yard try. They're going to go for it here in Dort territory at the 26. Maybe hoping to draw Dort off, get five free yards, and then take a crack at it at fourth and six. Nelson... That's exactly what they're appearing to do. Fourth and 11. Nelson takes the snap. Dort bringing pressure. Pass is incomplete. Pass falls incomplete. Miscommunication that time between Nelson and Negebauer. Negebauer was running down the field, and that pass delivered about 10 yards behind him. And it'll be Dort football after the defense comes up with a stop, and that was after Josh Morazic. Made the stop. That really changed the complexion of that drive. And Dort will get it after the turnover on downs. With 7.22 remaining, Dort takes over. First down and 10 at their own 26-yard line. Handoff up the middle. And this is Skibot breaking free. He's still on his feet. Shakes loose from a high tackle inside inside Dakota Wesleyan territory down to the 46-yard line. So Skibot with that carry. And the defenders, after that 27-yard run, Ethan Thomas in at quarterback. Thomas, pass is complete. Pass complete to the far side to Quinton. Is that right? No, that's 27. That's Eli Bolden, not 21, but 27, Eli Bolden. Bolden got the wind knocked out of him that time. Ethan Thomas... Start of the season listed as a wide receiver. He's now the backup quarterback for the defenders. Handoff goes to Skibot. Skibot, the ball carrier. Skibot picks up four on the play. It'll be first down and ten for the defenders. Thomas is now the backup quarterback for the defenders after Tyler Reynolds suffered what is thought to be, well, he's going to be out for a while. So uh, the development of Ethan Thomas as the backup accelerated. Thomas from Fort Worth, Texas, Southwest Christian, Delivers it to the near side to Jungling. Jungling to the 30, inside the 30, and down to the 29-yard line. 
very simply. Coaching staff very upfront about to the handling of Ethan Thomas. If they were given the opportunity today, they were going to use him. Need some game action. That's one of the things that was lost in terms of the preseason. No scrimmages, no live scrimmages against opponents. And uh, handoff to Skibot. Skibot up the middle and Carter inside the 20 down to the 18-yard line. That's another Dort first down. An 11-yard run by the defenders leading 23. But as I was saying, you don't have that scrimmage and an opportunity to work a backup quarterback in. So Ethan Thomas here this afternoon getting some live action here in the first half. Delivers this one to the end zone. And Levi jungling very nearly a fingertip catch as he's falling to the ground in the end zone. Pass falls incomplete. It'll be second and ten at the 19 with 5-10 remaining in the first half. When Dort has the football and they're clicking on offense, it feels almost more like a basketball pace rather than a football pace. They do not take much time in between plays. Thomas turns. Hands, gives to Skibot. Skibot bounces, just following his offensive line and then skirts the edge. He's inside the 10 down to the 6-yard line. So Skibot, another first down for the defenders, down to the 6-yard line. It'll be first and goal for the defenders, leading 23. 23, Thomas has Skibot behind him. Ethan wearing number one. He's going to run option. Plants his foot. Charges towards the goal line. He's going to be stopped inside the five. Down at the three-yard line. It'll be second and goal to go. Second and goal to go. Dort, their fourth possession of the football game, and so far they have not been forced to punt. 4.20 and counting. First half. Dort taking a little time here. Thomas quarterbacking, Skibot behind him. He's got Lucas Warner in the backfield as well. Thomas is going to scramble, throws towards the end zone. Did he get his feet in? Hayden Large, touchdown! Hayden Large with a touchdown catch on the pass from Thomas, and the defenders take a 26-3 lead. Point after try on the way. That is a three-yard touchdown throw from Thomas to Large. And the defenders, 26-3, the lead with a point after coming. Snap is down. Coons gets the hold down. Kick is up. And the kick by Zachman is good. And the defenders own a 27-3 lead. 27-3 the lead. 3.56 remaining in the first half, and Ethan Thomas engineers his first touchdown drive as a Dort defender, and the defenders lead it by 24. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. We'll be back with more after this. Fair catch by Dakota Wesley and Dort, and uh, they will start their drive at their own 25-yard line, trailing 27 to three. 3.56 remaining in the first half. And it looks like Dakota Wesleyan has gone back to Zach Lester at quarterback. 
Puts Negebauer in the slot. Lester back to pass. Lester, pass to the sideline, complete to the 30. Christian on the tackle. Pass completed to Emerson. That'll be an 11-yard pickup on the play to the 36-yard line. And Dakota Wesleyan. Dort has three timeouts remaining. Dakota Wesleyan has two. I was just thinking, if you're Dakota Wesleyan and uh, this drive stalls, how hard do you try to get something going before halftime and give Dort an opportunity with a football? Pass complete over the middle to midfield. Negabauer still on his feet, and he is brought down at the 41-yard line. So the might have gotten my answer there. Dakota Wesleyan to the 41-yard line. It'll be first and 10 with three minutes remaining in the half. Garrett Detterman is in the ballgame. Negabauer checks out. Zach Lester back on to quarterback. He had the first two drives. Dakota Wesleyan then went to Kyle Nelson for the next two possessions. And now Lester is back in at quarterback for Wesleyan. Back to pass is Lester. Lester, pass to the sideline, incomplete. Had a man with a step, but the pass delivered too far to the outside shoulder on the far sideline. On coverage for the defenders was Ashton Treshman. And they were trying to deliver it to Preston Emerson. It's second down. Second and ten on the way. 2.34 remaining. First half of play. Coming up at halftime, we'll be checking in with Where Are They Now in the segment. And we're going to be visiting with Scott Sotsma, coaching legend at Unity Christian in Michigan. Keeping it is the quarterback, and there's nothing there for Zach Lester. First person there was Van Kickericks for the defenders. Rayton Van Kickericks. On the tackle. Now a timeout on the field, and Dort's going to play to preserve the clock. It's going to be third down. Dort had three timeouts remaining. They've used one. They've got two left with 2.23 left to go in the half. Back with more after this. This is Dort football on KDCR. Pass completed to Negabauer to the 35-yard line. It'll be third down and three with 2.06 remaining. So fourth down and four decision time for Dakota Wesleyan. Are they going to go for it here or punt? Dort right now not using the timeout. And Wesleyan, fourth down and four at the Dort 35. Lester, the quarterback, and now they'll let time run out. Delay of game penalty called against Dakota Wesleyan, they'll take the five-yard penalty, and now they'll punt, and that was 40 seconds off the clock that the defenders will not get back. And uh, that's one thing I learned working with Kyle Akterhoff as he talked about clock management at the end of the half. His philosophy was you use the timeouts to preserve as much time as you can simply because you can't get time back. You can manage the clock without timeouts if you need to, but you can't get those precious seconds back on the clock. As it is, Dort deciding that time not to call a timeout, and Wesleyan will be punting from the Dort 40. Cabongo at his own 10. Take Gale, a wobbler to the right side, and it takes a bounce 
And it goes out of bounds. Inside the five, down at the three. And with 124 remaining, first half of play. Dort's got almost the length of the football field to go. Leading 27-3. And maybe if you're Dort, you're content to go into the locker room up 27-3. And to talk about things at that point. So first down and 10 for the defenders at their own three-yard line. Noah Clayberg back in at quarterback. And uh, one thing you don't want to do here is turn the football over. We've had a great first half of play. Handoff up the middle, and there he goes. To the 20, to the 30, to the 40, to midfield. 40, 30, and tracked down from behind the Dort running back. Anthony Trojan. Trojan Flipping the field from his own three, racing down the far sideline, all the way down to the Dakota Wesleyan 26. That is a plus 70-yard run, and with one minute remaining in the half, Dort threatening. Just when you thought Dort might be content just to go to the locker room, Anthony Trojan with the big run, and now the Wesleyan defense depleted, and Noah Clayberg. Races into the end zone. Touchdown on the far side on the option play. Noah Clayberg, a 26-yard touchdown run. So a two-play, 97-yard drive by the defenders, and Dort leads it now 33-3. So Dakota Wesleyan punted. Dort took over at their own three. And needs three, two plays. The big one being the Anthony Trojan 75-yard run. Brett Zachman fails on the point after those. He misses wide. Zachman typically Johnny on the spot. But as it is, the defenders now 5 for 5 on drives here in the first half. And Wesleyan will get it back with 33 seconds remaining. And the uh, kickoff on the way. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. Dakota Wesleyan takes it from their own 10 to the 15 to the 20. This is Negabauer. And Negabauer cuts it back to the 29-yard line. And that is where Dakota Wesleyan will take over first down and 10. So Kleber goes 26 yards for the touchdown moments ago. Dakota Wesleyan has it, first down and 10. And they've got 44 seconds on the clock. Wesleyan with it, first down and 10 at their own 29, trailing 33-3 are the Tigers. 33-3, defenders leading. And on at quarterback for the Tigers. Looks like they've gone back to Leicester for the second series in a row. And Leicester up the middle, and Dort uses a timeout with 37 seconds remaining. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. Timeout, Wesleyan, uh, pardon me, timeout, Dort. Wesleyan facing second down and nine. When we're back after this. Are you? 
33-3 our score. Dort leading. 40 seconds remaining in the half. Dort with a timeout left. Dakota Wesleyan, second down and nine. And the handoff. That's Blumendahl. Blumendahl, not much there. Want to double check and make sure, yes, that's Jaden Blumendahl. It'll be third down and six. And Wesleyan can go to the locker room. Don't need to run another play here in the first half if they don't desire to. And it looks like they will let the clock run down. Ten seconds remaining. So it's been all Dort here in the first half. The defenders, five possessions, five touchdowns, 33 points. They lead Dakota Wesley in 33-3. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88-5. Dakota Wesleyan lets the clock run out. With the football at their own 33-yard line to bring the first half to a close. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. We are going to take a break, and we'll be back with our Where Are They Now segment. Christian Zylstra interviewing Scott Sodsma. That'll be coming up right after this. You're listening to Dort Football on KDCR. I'm Christian Zylstra, and this is Where Are They Now on KDCR Sioux Center 88.5 FM and KDCR885.com. Where Are They Now is made possible on KDCR by Farmers Mutual Insurance Association of Hull, a Grinnell Mutual member, providing property protection to Northwest Iowa farmers and homeowners since 1886. Trust in tomorrow. Our guest today on Where They Now is a graduate of Dort's class of 1982. He played baseball at Dort, but he always had a passion for basketball and for coaching. He is the Dean of Students and the head boys basketball coach at Unity Christian up in Hudsonville, Michigan. Our guest today for Where Are They Now is Scott Sotsma. Before you first stepped on campus as a student at Dort, for those who don't know your background, where did you grow up and how were you first introduced to Dort? I grew up in uh, Randolph, Wisconsin. I, I went to, uh, at that point it was called uh, Central Wisconsin Christian High School. Dort was not always on my radar. In fact, college wasn't even on my radar a whole lot. I'll be honest with you, my uh, really first connection with Dort was being recruited to play basketball and run tracks. So that was kind of my start to hearing about Dort. On the academic side, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do career-wise after Dort, and how did that kind of impact the direction or area focus of study? Yeah, I I really decided my senior year that at that point I probably wanted to be in, and I'm not going to lie, I probably wanted to coach. So to coach, I needed to teach. And uh, fortunately for a lot of people, that role changed. I I really enjoyed my teaching and I wanted to get into that. And um, I kind of felt it was the Lord's calling for me to get into education. Uh, One of my uh, former teachers slash coaches really sat me down and said, hey, I think you have some gifts in that area. Uh, have you ever thought about that? And so it really was, a, I think, a blessing from the Lord that he sat me down and talked with me. Did you play a couple of different sports at Dort? No. Ironically, I was recruited to play basketball and run track. I ended up playing baseball and coaching basketball. I was a student manager a couple years, and then I was actually – an assistant on the varsity and JV my junior and senior year. When you look back at at your time at Dort, you graduate as a member of the class of 1982. When you think back to those years, what sticks out to you most? 
You know, I, I loved it there. I honestly did. It was just one of the best experiences in my life, to be honest with you. It's interesting. I live in the state of Michigan, and I don't think there are many people that have. My wife and I have graduated from Dork. All my children have graduated from Dork, and all my in-laws now have graduated from Dork. So we've got a pretty good string going here in our family. I, I hope and pray that you know someday I'll see my grandchildren there. So I, I love the people. I love the you know the student body, the, the faculty. I got to know on a first name basis, and a lot of them. But I think even more so was the community. I mean, how the community accepted outsiders like myself would. You know, for me, it was the first time being away from home. I'd like to sound like I wasn't a baby, but I probably was. The people inviting you over. You know, every Sunday it seemed like someone else was inviting us into their home. To me, it was just a, a, an unbelievable family atmosphere, uh, not only at the college, but even in the community itself and, and within the churches as well. Now, you're the Dean of Students at Unity Christian in Hudsonville, Michigan. You spent the majority of your professional career in Michigan. Did you head to Michigan shortly after graduating from Dort, or where did you kind of find your first opportunity in education and in coaching? Um, it was a pretty lean year, the year I graduated in jobs. I only got to interview for two jobs. That's all that were available in the area of physical education and history minor that I had. Um, and I ended up taking a job at uh, James Valley Christian in Huron, South Dakota, which was a non-CSI school. It was an ACSI school. But, um, again, another great experience. I really enjoyed my two years there, met some great people, saw a little bit of a different culture than probably what I was used to, but in a, in a real positive way. It was, it was a really good thing. So I spent two years there, and then I went to McBain Northern Christian for eight years, and enjoyed my time up there too. It was an awesome experience again. I've had a lot of great experiences and being at Unity now for the you know, on my twenty ninth year has been a real blessing as well. Well you've been involved in coaching basketball for a while as well. You mentioned kind of first getting a taste of that at Dort and and in general kinda of having some sort of an interest in coaching. What drew you to basketball and to coaching basketball where you said, This is something I want to be a part of. I want to make this part of my career moving forward. Yeah, I think, you know, it also goes back to, uh, from little on, I enjoyed the game of basketball. Basketball has always been my favorite sport to, to watch and to play. And then going to high school, I had some great, great teachers, coaches, mentors that were a big part of my life back in my uh, teen years. And so they really, you know, I guess made an impression on me that I wanted to be that kind of a person. I wanted to have a chance to impact young men. Hopefully not. Hopefully as a basketball player, but not only as a basketball player, but in their Christian walk too. And that's been a big part of my coaching career is being able to to share my faith with them, to walk through some issues that they might have had, uh, developing some closeness that you wouldn't probably get if you were just a you know teacher or whatever. But as a as a team, you have that bonding possibility and uh, try to take advantage of as many of those opportunities I possibly could. Wherever you've been, you've been able as a coach to be able to find some success. You've had quite a run a couple of years ago, winning the state title with Unity Christian. Last year, you were named to the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan Hall of Fame. Did you ever think something like that would be a possibility when you got into coaching, that you'd receive an honor of recognition like that? No, I sure didn't. It's very special to me. There's a lot of people I could thank, but you know some of the people that probably people back in Sioux Center would recognize is Rick Vandenberg. He had a he had a huge impact on my life. I had to be an assistant coach with him, and uh, have just still to this day a ton of respect for him. Uh, he helped me get started in my coaching career. 
I was kind of a sponge when I got started. I, I took a lot of the input from a lot of coaches. I sat around tables late at night at different coaching clinics listening to other people talk. You know, I didn't reinvent the wheel, I'll tell you that. I stole a lot of information from a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it's something that's meant a lot to me, but I've had a lot of help along the way. You've had plenty of spectacular moments and stories while coaching and working as an educational administrator over the years. Are there any moments or years that stand out or that you reflect on most fondly? Yeah, you know, I, I, there's so many things, you know, the relationships that I've developed for emails and texts that I still receive from former players. But, yeah, I, there's one event that will probably stick out as the, probably one of the most important or fun times of my whole coaching career was being able to coach my daughter and win a state championship. And the idea of when we had finally won it and the clock was running down and I subbed her out of the game, she jumped in my arms and, re- and I remember her saying, Dad, we did it. And it was probably a moment that most parents, dads, slash coaches never have an opportunity to have, and I was blessed with that. So it's a moment that I'll never forget in my whole coaching career. And there have been a lot of great things, but to coach your daughter and win a state championship was uh, a pretty special thing. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the towel that you have when you coach. (laughs) You even heard about the towel there, huh? (laughs) How did a, a tradition like that get started? You know, it's crazy. I'm known way more for my towel than my coaching ability. I'll tell you that right now. Um, yeah, the blue towel, you know, at Unity has been with me for 29 years. I'm still using the same towel from day one. Uh, I had a, when I coached girls here at Unity, I had a towel that I used then. Uh, back at James Valley, it started with my first coaching day. I just picked up a towel and I carried it around. And I wasn't like Tarkanian from Nevada, Las Vegas or anything like that, but uh it's been part of who I was, and it just became a topic because I'm pretty uh, demonstrative at times, and the towel has kind of flown around a little bit, but it's you know it's kind of my security. I, I have never coached a game yet without a towel, and so it's just kind of been the thing that's been talked about a lot. Last question I have for you, Coach. With the role of athletics, it changes kind of throughout our lives depending on our age, our location, you know, where we're at in life. As a coach that lesson might be different than than what it is as a player, I should say. What's kind of the overarching lesson athletics have taught you or continue to teach you throughout your coaching career? You know, it's again, I, I go back to the impact that we as coaches and I think teachers and adults in general can have on young people's lives. It's just a great opportunity the Lord has provided me to to get to know a lot of great people over the years. Not only, you know, I think sometimes we always think that we help them, but they help us as much. And I went through some difficult times in my life, and some of the comments that former players have made to me or emails that were sent or texts that were sent were just so meaningful. And uh, so I think the biggest thing is is that as a coach, you just get to have those kind of situations, that those relationships that mean a lot to you. And they really come through in difficult times is when we really need them. You know, former players of mine and even, you know, even actual athletes that I was coaching at the time have really stepped up and, and played a big part in helping me through those situations. And I hope and pray that I've helped some of my former players as well through some difficult times in their life. Again, I, I really do appreciate your, your time. Thank you very much again, Coach. Yep, thank you, and uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I have a real love and passion for Dork's a great place. A big thank you once again to the Dean of Students and the head boys basketball coach at Unity Christian in Hudsonville, Michigan, Scott Sotsma, for joining us after being our featured guest today on Where Are They Now?
Where the Now is made possible on KDCR by Farmers Mutual Insurance Association of Hull Grinnell Mutual member, providing property protection to Northwest Iowa farmers and homeowners since 1886. Trust in tomorrow. Scott Sodsma's had a great coaching career, and it's awesome to hear about his family's Dort legacy. That's going to do it for this edition of Where Are They Now? I'm Christian Zylstra, your host. We have more Defender Athletics coming up next here on KDCR right after this quick break. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center 88.5. We're also live on the World Wide Web, kdcr885.com. Glad to have you along with me on this Saturday afternoon, the final Saturday in September. It's been a strange year. Don't know how else to put it. Uh, We're in the uh, last Saturday of September, and this is game number two of the football season. Now, things happen fast and furious from here on out, obviously, with the home opener for the Defenders next weekend, and that'll be the first of three home games scheduled for Dort in a row. We've also had a schedule change for this upcoming week where the Dort Defender volleyball team will be hosting Concordia on Friday night. That was a move from October the 31st, a Saturday. Looked like it was going to be pretty busy on the Dort campus. They've taken one off of that date, one event off of that date, and moved it to this Friday. That'll be a 6 o'clock start time for the junior varsity and a 7.30 start time for the varsity, so I want to make you aware of that schedule change. The Dort defenders leading Dakota Wesleyan 33-3 so far. The defenders 294 on the ground. Dakota Wesleyan 60 yards on the ground. Dort a 373-yard first, first half while Dakota Wesleyan 159 yards on 27 plays. Dort with uh, 14.26 time of possession. Dakota Wesleyan 15.34. Dort is led by Carter Skibots, 10 carries for 102 yards. Mike, uh, Michael Sonderman, that is, 11 carries for 72 yards. Anthony Trojan, a 71-yard run. Noah Clayberg, 6 carries for 46 yards and 2 touchdowns scored. Clayberg, 5 of 8 through the air, 63 yards. Ethan Thomas, 3 of 4 through the air for 16 yards and one touchdown. Levi Junkling, 4 catches for 44 yards. Eli Bolden, Ben Hubelhorst, Jaden Hoisman, and Hayden Large all with one catch apiece. For the Dakota Wesleyan Tigers, Kyle Nelson, 2 of 4 passing for 59 yards. Zach Lester, 3 of 5 passing for 40 yards. Kyle Nelson has 33 yards gained on five carries, 30 of those yards coming on one carry. Spencer Negabauer, three catches for 71 yards. Preston Emerson and Jamie Arend with one catch apiece. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. The Dort Defender men's soccer team will be playing Northwestern of Minnesota in about 40 minutes on the Dort campus. And that's... Soccer game will be available online at www.dort.edu slash athletics. So if you want uh, to see how the Dort men's soccer team is doing this afternoon, you can check them out at 3 o'clock as well. The Fairway Meat and Grocery Scoreboard. Looks like this at halftime. Concordia leads Briarcliff 7-2. 
Stone leads Hastings 21-14. Dort leading Dakota Wesleyan in the game you're listening to, 33-3. That's Fairway Meat and Grocery in Sioux Center. Best at fresh, serving the community since 1991. The defenders, a dominating first-half performance, and they deferred their decision to the second half, and they received the opening kickoff of the second half of play. High end-over-end kick taken by the defenders. That's by Nicholson at the 10 to the 15, and he is brought down at the 13-yard line, and that is where the defenders will take over. First down and 10, Zade Nicholson on the return. Dort leading 33-3. First possession of the second half, obviously. And they start out at their own 15-yard line. As I look through my notes, this is the poorest starting field position for the defenders on any kickoff. And they were pinned inside their own 5-yard line on a punt near the end of the first half, but they were able to score on two plays from 97 yards away. Pass completed to Levi Jungling on the near side, a three-yard gain on the play. It's going to be second and seven. Second and seven. Jungling in motion from left to right. Clayberg, the quarterback, hands it off, and Skibot is submarined at the 15-yard line. That's a loss of three on the play, and that'll bring up third down and ten. Let's see if the defenders can get something going on offense. Mitchell Van Regen Mortar is your center. Walter Black, left guard. Alex Hoisman, left tackle. Patrick Tovar is your right guard. Noah Clayberg, barking signals. And your right guard is freshman Parker back from Spirit Lake, Iowa. Clayberg. As Skibot behind him, he's going to run option, pitches it over to Skibot. Skibot trying to get to the outside. He's going to be stopped short of the first down. Gains five on the play, maybe just four actually, and it's going to be third down and six. And for the first time this afternoon, the defenders are forced to punt. Line of scrimmage is the 19-yard line. Dort leading 33-3. to Spencer Negebauer at his own 40-yard line. So Clayberg inside the five-yard line. Line of scrimmage is the 19. Negabauer at his own 43. Clayberg averaging 39 yards per punt. This is a line drive. Takes a bounce at midfield. Negabauer picks it up at the 45, and he is brought down almost immediately. Returns it to the 48-yard line, and Dakota Wesleyan will take over. First down and 10 at their own 48 with 12.55 remaining in the third quarter. Dort leading 33-3. Dakota Wesleyan with their first defensive stop of the day. And Dakota Wesleyan. Jamie Aaron does your running back. Quarterback looks like it's Zach Lester again. So Lester... After giving way to Kyle Nelson, back in the ballgame. Back to pass is Lester. Lester rolling left. Pass is complete. And forced out of bounds after the short completion. That's Oaksis. Gains four on the play. It's going to be second down and six. 
Second down and six. 12.30 remaining. Dakota Wesleyan up to the line of scrimmage. That's left to play here in the third period. Lester back to pass. Lester pass out into the flat is complete. Still on his feet. And down to the 40-yard line. So the gain of seven on the play. On the completion to Chance Sorensen. It'll be first and ten for the Tigers at the Dort 40-yard line. So Wesleyan has had some success moving the football. But only have a field goal to show for it. First down and ten for the Tigers at the 41-yard line of Dort. Lester directing traffic. Back to pass, looking left. Pass is complete. And then brought down by a slew of tacklers. That's Detterman on the reception. He does gain five on the play. And it'll be second down and five. Well, generous spot down to the 34-yard line. He needs the 31 for a first down, so that's a gain of seven. It'll be second and three. So second and three on the way. Nathan Cabongo is your defensive player to the near side, the cornerback. Daniel Leibolt is to the near side. Negebauer is to the far side. Negebauer lining up in the slot to the right. Back to pass is Lester. Lester flushed from the pocket. He's going to scramble. Throws short completion to the 30. And that's a first down for Daniel Leibolt. Leibolt to the 29-yard line. Celebrates the first down. It'll be first down and 10 for the Tigers, trailing 33-3 to at the 29. Far side of the field is Chance Sorensen. Near side is Negebauer. Lester, your quarterback. Lester gets a snap. It's going to roll right. Pass is complete. Short gain on the play. Picks up seven on the play. It'll be second down and three on the completion to the far side to Preston Emerson. So a gain of three. I beg your pardon, gain of seven. It'll be second and three. Matt Schwarzler will check in. So second down and three. And handoff, and not much there for the running back. I believe that was Jamie Arend. So Jamie Arend stopped at the line of scrimmage. It's third down and three, and Dakota Wesley in all likelihood. Four down territory here. Those black numbers on the dark blue jerseys, a little challenging to see on occasion. Zach Lester, directing traffic, sends Oxos to the right. Oxos in the slot. Now motions from right to left. Lester, back to pass, throws over the middle, and this one's going to be picked off. No, incomplete. Overthrows the intended receiver and the safety, Jalen Placide. Placide got his hands on it as he made a leaping attempt. 
Not enough air under it for him to adjust and get back. So the pass falls incomplete. Player who had the best chance at it was Placide, the senior from Oakland, California. And that'll bring up fourth down and four. And Wesleyan will go for it, trailing 33-3 at this juncture. Not much of a gamble here for the Tigers, or not much of a decision to make, in my opinion. Leibolt shifts to the right. Now he's going to motion right to left. Lester, your quarterback. Lester, back to pass. Pressure comes. Pass is complete. And that's Negabauer who catches the pass for a 10-yard completion down to the Dort 13-yard line. First down and 10 for the Tigers at the 13. Dort's defense trying to bend but not break. First down and 10 at the 13. Lester engineering this drive. Wesleyan going almost exclusively to the air. Lester, man in motion right to left. And they pitch it to the man in motion. And Blumendahl, the ball carrier, a bigger part than Preston Emerson, the ball carrier. Emerson runs to the sideline, runs out of room, gains four on the play. It's going to be second down and six. Second and six for the Tigers. They can pick up a first down if they get inside the three. Can pick up a first down without getting into the end zone. Midway through the third quarter, Dort leading 33-3. Lester, three receivers to the far side, one to the near side. Back to pass is Lester. Lester looking left. Pass is complete. And was he in the end zone? Touchdown, Tigers. A six, a, pardon me, a nine-yard touchdown completion. And the Tigers in pay dirt for the first time this afternoon. Had a field goal earlier today. It's 33-9 to pending the point after with 7.08 remaining in the third quarter. Tate Gale on to attempt the point after. So already got a 39-yard field goal to his credit. And he gets that one to split the uprights. And Dakota Wesleyan trails 33-10. to Dort with a 23-point lead. Wesleyan kicking off when we're back right after this. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center 88.5. We're also live on the World Wide Web, kdcr885.com. And Dakota Wesleyan will be kicking off. The defenders leading 33-10, to 7-08 remaining, third quarter. And Tate Gale puts his foot into it. Nicholson is going to bring it out. Fumbled it initially, and Dort, poor field position. They're going to start at their own four-yard line. Zade Nicholson did not handle the kickoff cleanly, fielded it in the end zone, and brings it out to his own four-yard line, and that's where he is brought down. And the defenders, for the second time today, starting a drive inside their own five-yard line. Noah Clayberg is the quarterback. Anthony Trojan is your running back. Back to pass, Clayberg. Clayberg pass completed to Jungling out to the 10 to the 12-yard line. 
So a six-yard pickup on the play. They actually marked him. Dort starting at their own five-yard line, and they'll give him a spot all the way out at the 12. So a seven-yard gain on the play for Jungling. Second down and three. Clayberg hands it off. And Michael Sonderman up to the line of scrimmage, falls forward and picks up a first down. So the defenders end up with a first down off the play, but that uh, did not look sharply run by the defenders. It'll be first and 10 at their own 16-yard line. Trojan and Sonderman in the backfield. Back to pass is Clayberg. Clayberg's going to float it up, looking for Jungling. Jungling makes the catch out at the 41-yard line. That is a 25-yard catch for Jungling at the 41. Simply got in behind the corner, Jet Evans. First and 10 for the defenders at their own 41. Lucas Warner in motion from right to left. Now he comes set. Tight end in the Dort offense. Clayberg changing the play at the line of scrimmage. Nine seconds, now eight. Clayberg hands it off Sonderman. Sonderman up the middle, and Sonderman with a 10-yard pickup on the play. Close to a first down. I think it was enough for a first down. Linesman on the near side signaling first down. They haven't moved the sticks yet. Now they will, reluctantly. First down and 10 at the 49-yard line. First down for the defenders, 5.09 remaining in the first half, in the third quarter, I should say. Back to pass is Clayberg. Noah steps up, throws over the top, has jungling open and jungling. A stumbling catch at the 10 down to the 9-yard line. A 40-yard catch for jungling, and the defenders are at the 9-yard line. Jungling. Turf Monster got him about 15, but he was still able to look it in and make the catch. First and goal to go for the defenders. Clayberg hands it off. Skibout, Skibout dances his way towards the goal line. Is he in? Touchdown defenders. Skibout, a 10-yard touchdown run where the sophomore running back was just basically able to run behind his line, and as he got that push up front by all five linemen, he was able to find a seam and darts to the goal line for the touchdown. Offensive line for the defenders, paving the way and doing the job today. Snap is down for Zachman. Kick is up and good. Dort leads 40-10. to 10. That offensive line... Patrick Tovar, Mitchell Van Regenmorder, Alex Hoisman, Walter Black, and Parker Beck. They are doing the job today up front, and the defenders lead at 40-10 to 10 after the Carter Skibout touchdown run. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5, back with more in a moment. 95-yard touchdown drive by the defenders. Dakota Wesleyan over the football, Negabauer. Negabauer breaks the tackle, spins. Into Ashton Treshman at the 37-yard line, and that is where Dakota Wesleyan will take over first down and 10 at their own 38. Good field position for the Tigers with 4.14 remaining in the third period. So the defenders march another 95 yards. 
And they have, other than the one drive where they were forced to punt, they have had their way offensively up front. That has started with the offensive line. They have just rolled. Dakota Wesleyan. Send a man in motion out of the backfield. Flare pass to the near side. Pass is complete to the 40. Near the sideline. Forced out of bounds by the defenders. Grant Hickson. Pass completed, though. Their own 48. So a first down for the Tigers. And it looks like Lester in at quarterback again. So after Nelson had a couple of series, Lester has been the quarterback of choice for Dakota Wesleyan. Pass to the far side, complete to Chance Sorensen. And Sorensen into Dort territory to the 45-yard line. That's a gain of seven on the play. So Wesleyan having some success moving the football now. So second down and three yards to go for the Tigers in Dort territory at the 45. Zach Lester is your quarterback. Lester gets the snap, fakes the handoff, under pressure, and he got hit as he made the throw. Colin Ostenink, feature on our pregame show. Senior spotlight putting the pressure on and knocking Lester to the ground as he makes that pass attempt. And that will bring up third down and three of the clock stopped after the incomplete pass. So third down and three yards to go. Third and three for the Tigers. Lester, back to pass. Dort unable to put pressure on. Pass is incomplete. Just past the outstretched hands of Jacob Oxos. And fourth down and three. Tigers with it at the Dort 45. And they're going to punt. I don't know. Fourth and three. In your opponent's territory. Probably going to gain... 30 yards, 20 yards of field position. I'd think seriously about keeping the football and trying to pick up the first down here, but I am not coaching. And the punt is out of bounds. Tate Gale trying to induce the roughing the punter call, but he punts it out of bounds. He was under some pressure. Ball went out of bounds at the 16-yard line. Well, the 15, they'll say. So Dakota Wesleyan gains 30 yards on the punt. Dort takes over first down and 10 at their own 15. With 231 remaining here in the third period. Clayberg back to pass. Flares it outside to jungling. Jungling. 18, uh, pardon me, a three-yard pickup on the play to the 18-yard line. That'll bring up second down and seven. 
So second and seven on the way for the defenders. And the pitch, left side. That is Charlie Young, and Charlie Young spun down at the 25-yard line, very near the first down marker. And that'll be a first down for the defenders. Dort with some long drives today, and that has resulted in a ton of yardage. First down and 10 for the defenders at their own 25. Handoff, I believe that's Trojan. Trojan, the ball carrier. Trojan picks up four on the play. And that'll bring up second down and six. Seeing if that is indeed number 22 picking himself up off of the bottom of the pile. It is. So second down and six. Dort at their own 24. One minute remaining here in the third period. Dort leading 40-10. to 10. Defenders taking their time on this play call. Clayberg gets a snap. Back to pass. Stumbles. Now retreats. Gets a block. Gets another block. And he's got a wall. He's to the 30. And to the 34-yard line. Ended up running about 60 yards on the play. Makes something out of nothing. Gets some blocks from his offensive linemen. They hung with him, and they make three yards where it looked like there was a definite loss on the way. It's going to be third down and two. Dort with it at their own 33-yard line. Well, when you've got an athletic quarterback, you never give up on the play. And Noah Clayberg that time picks up three yards, making a third down and two. Third and two. Handoff. Sonderman. Sonderman picks up the first down. Four-yard pickup on the play, and the defenders with a fresh set of downs, and that'll be the end of the, first, the third quarter. Our score, Dort leading 40-10, to 10, back with a fourth quarter of play right after this. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. We're also live on the World Wide Web, kdcr885.com. Glad to have you along with me this Saturday afternoon, last Saturday in September. It's been a wild fall. So far, lots of scheduling changes. You roll with the punches. And the defenders looking to go 2-0. and They are with, uh, in pretty good position here, leading 40-10 to with the football at their own 37-yard line. Clayberg fakes the handoff, rolls right, plants, throws, has a man open. That's Jungling. Just overshoots. Levi Jungling. Otherwise, that one has six written all over it. Jungling. Lays out for it at the Dakota Wesleyan 25-yard line. And that'll bring up second down and 10. Second and 10. And back to pass again is Clayberg. Clayberg steps up in the pocket. He's going to scramble to the outside, gets a block. He's to the 45-50, 45-44. And he is tackled there. Noah Clayberg to the 45-yard line. And the defenders in business again in Dakota Wesleyan territory. Leading 40-10 at the 45-yard line of Dakota Wesleyan. Man in motion is jungling. Clayberg hands it off. This is Skibout. Skibout picks up four on the play. It'll be second and six. 
Second and six. The defenders pounding away on the ground today. Have not had to go to the air much. Second down and six. Back to passes. Clayberg complete to Hubelhorst. Hubelhorst falling forward. Did he get a first down? He's near the 35-yard line, and it looks like he got it. First down and 10 for the defenders at the Tiger 35-yard line. Dort now with 491 yards of total offense through three quarters, 229 for Dakota Wesleyan. Jungling with nine catches for 117 yards. Skibot, 113 yards rushing. Michael Sonderman, 90 yards rushing. Dort, handoff up the middle. Picks up three on the carry. Does Carter Skibot. Dort's defense. Bryce Christian, five solo, three assisted stops. Josh Morazic, three and one. Jessup Leakey, three and three. Tackles for a loss. Josh Morazic credited with two. It's second down and eight. Back to pass. Clayberg floats it over to Sonderman, and Sonderman, shoestring tackle made at the 28-yard line. That's a gain of five. It's going to be third down and three. Third and three. Well, the other games in the conference at halftime, much closer than this one. Dort started this drive at their own 15-yard line. Facing third down and three with 12.27 remaining. So third down and three. Play clock is at five. Now three. Clayberg gets the snap. And Dort's going to call for a timeout. Timeout on the field. You're listening to Dort Football on KDCR 88.5. Back with more after this. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center 88.5. We're also live on the World Wide Web, KDCR885.com. The Dort Defenders up 40 to 10 over Dakota Wesleyan. And the Defenders are facing a third down play and in all likelihood four down territory. So third down and three. Single setback is Sonderman. Back to pass is Clayberg. Clayberg's going to take a shot. Middle of the field. Hubelhorst in and out of the hands of Ben Hubelhorst in the end zone. Clayberg lays it out beautifully for Hubelhorst. And Hubelhorst just unable to bring it in. Love to have that one back with the senior from Yuba City, California. And now the defenders will go for it, fourth down and three. So fourth down and three for the defenders. Wesleyan will play for the run here. So fourth and three. Clayberg gets the snap. Back to pass, complete to Hubelhorst. Hubelhorst has the first down, he's to the 20. And inside the 20, down to the 19-yard line. Hubelhorst took a gamble there. Looked like he had enough for the first down. Then circled back. Thought he could get more. And as he circled back, I thought maybe he's going to get caught. But he was able to wheel inside the 20. It'll be first and 10 for the defenders at the 20-yard line. So the defenders going to the air. 
Clayberg is going to, uh, well, he's still scrambling. Now he's got a wall on the far side, still behind the line of scrimmage. Floats it towards the end zone, and it's caught. Touchdown, defenders. Touchdown for the defenders. Raffi Carr wrestles it away from the defensive back. Flat on his back, Raffi brings it in, and the defenders take a 46-10 lead. The scramble by Clayberg, and somehow the offensive lineman for the defenders staying on their side of the line of scrimmage. No ineligible receivers downfield, and there was no illegal blocks thrown. And Clayberg just floats it up for Raffi Carr and Raphael. Just had a, a got a chance and took it away for the touchdown. Carr, a junior from Santee, California. Snap is down, kick is up, and the kick is good for the defenders and Brett Zachman. And the defenders have a 47-10 lead with 11-13 remaining here in the contest. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88-5. Back with more after this. Clayberg to Carr, a 20-yard touchdown completion. A very eventful play, though, as Clayberg just simply scrambled, finally threw one towards the end zone and gave Carr a chance. And Carr took it away from a defensive back and then made the play, finally gained possession of it, flat on his back, taking the catch. Kick return is fumbled at the goal line, picked up by the Tigers. And brought out to the 23-yard line. A lot of work that time for Dakota Wesleyan's Daniel Leibold. And the Tigers will take over first down and 10 at their own 23-yard line. First down and 10 for the Tigers at their own 23. 11.03 remaining. Fourth quarter. Well, it certainly appears that the defenders are going to Moved to 2-0 this year. And back to pass. Pass is flared to the far side. Pass is complete. Gain of seven on the play. And it'll be second down and three. Second and three. With 10.45 remaining. Wesleyan with the football. And back to pass. And there's nothing there for Wesleyan's Zach Lester. Lester brought down immediately. That'll bring up third down. Third down and three yards to go. and counting. Dakota Wesleyan. At their own 30. Send a man in motion. Lester sends Negabauer out into the slot on the near side. Negabauer pass completed to... Lester's pass completed to Negabauer. And that's enough for a Dakota Wesleyan first down. With 9.40 remaining, the clock continues to move. Dakota Wesleyan 
trailing 47-10 with a football. Been all Dort this afternoon, except for a couple of drives by the Tigers. Lester gets the snap, under pressure, flushed, and he goes down. Quarterback sack for the defenders, David Kakmarinski, the first player there for Dort. Wraps up Lester and his teammates. Finish him off. I believe that was Jessup Leakey there. Also Colin Thornton. But Kakmarinski, definitely the first player there, getting a hold of the legs of Zach Lester. Concordia leads Briarcliff 17-9. That's in the third period. That is in Sioux City. Second down and 15. And again, a five on the play for Wesleyan. I believe that was Blumendahl. So it's third down and ten. Eight, ten and counting. Third down and ten for the Tigers. Lester directing traffic. Three down linemen for the defenders. And the defenders bring pressure with a couple of linebackers thrown towards the sideline. Underthrown intended for Negebauer. And that'll bring up fourth down. Clock stops on the incomplete pass. And the defenders will get the football back. Leading 47-10. to Well, those other games in the conference as we take a look at the fairway scoreboard. Concordia leading Briarcliff 17-9. And last check it was Hastings and Doan tied 21 apiece. High spiraling kick, fair catch called for by Nathan Cabongo at the 30-yard line. And that is where Dort will take over first down and 10 after the punt by the Tigers from their own 35. So Dort takes over with 7.27 remaining in the contest. Ethan Thomas back in at quarterback for the defenders. Engineered a scoring drive in his first Series in the first half. Thomas, hands off. Nothing there. It'll be second down and long. Second down and long. Anthony Trojan stacked up at the line of scrimmage. Doan now leads Hastings 35-21. to Handoff getting to the edge and upended is the defenders, Drake Milliken. Milliken flipped at the 31-yard line. And now it's third down and nine. Third and nine. 
Ethan Thomas, sophomore, backup quarterback for the defenders. Drops it off for Milliken. Milliken at the 31. Milliken stumbles at the 32-yard line and brought down at the 33. So a gain of a couple on the play. That'll bring up fourth down and seven, and the defenders are forced to punt. Noah Clayberg will be punting. A very slight breeze. What breeze there is is feels like it's out of the west. Clayberg looking to the sideline. Six minutes remaining in the contest. This is Clayberg's second punt. Dort has not turned it over this afternoon as well. So, so far a clean game on that front. Clayberg gets it away. Negebauer has to retreat back to the 20-yard line. Negebauer gets a block, has a seam to the 30, 35, and now 39-yard line. So Dort forced to punt. Dakota Wesleyan will take over with 5.27 remaining in the contest. They've got it at their own 41. Over in Sioux Center, the Dort soccer game underway with Northwestern out of the Twin Cities. Just underway there. and you, A couple different ways you can follow along with that. There's live video and also live stats. They're just underway between the defenders and the Eagles. First and ten, Tigers. Lester flares it out to the far side. Pass is complete. Eight-yard gain on the play. A lot of new players for the defenders. Chasing that play down was Grant Hickson. Gain of three, uh, seven on the play. It'll be second and three. So second down and three yards to go. Handoff and a gain of seven on the play. Dort's Quentin Murphy on the tackle. More than enough for a Dakota Wesleyan first down to the 44-yard line. First and ten for the Tigers at the Dort 44. Four and a half minutes remaining. So first down and 10 at the 44. Man in motion out of the backfield. Back to pass. Thrown towards the corner and the pass is complete to the 15-yard line. And over the shoulder catch for the Tigers. And that pass completed to Tate Larson. Larson on the catch. And with 3.48 remaining, Dakota Wesleyan threatening, trailing 47 to 10. Quarterback is Kyle Nelson. Nelson back in at quarterback. Hands it off, up the middle, and diving to the end zone. Did he get in? No, they're going to mark him shy, mark his knee down. 
It'll be a first down, but it's going to be first down and goal to go for the Tigers at the Dort one-yard line. Very near the end zone. And the Tigers trying to get into the end zone for the second time this afternoon. Three minutes remaining. Setback is Jacob Zamora. They hand it off to Zamora. Zamora, nothing there that time. It'll be second down and goal to go with 2.47 remaining. Nelson is the quarterback. Zamora, your running back. Clock continuing to move. Two and a half minutes remaining. Nelson has Zamora to his left. Sends a man in motion from left to right. Fumble in the backfield. Ball's down on the on the turf. And that'll be an incomplete pass as the pitch was forward intended for Preston Nedved. And the incomplete pass sets up third down. Also stops the clock with 2.12 remaining. So 2.12 left to play. Dakota Wesleyan, third down and goal to go. They flare a player out, and the quarterback stood up. That's Kyle Nelson, and I'm not sure who the linebacker was that followed the player out of the backfield. Motioning out of the backfield was Nedved, and one of the Dort linebackers picked him up. And then Kyle Nelson had to try and turn and go into the end zone on his own. And now fourth down and goal to go at the three. 145 and counting, and Dakota Wesleyan will go for it. Trailing 47-10, you're trying to get something positive here. And Dakota Wesleyan wants a timeout. Timeout on the field, charge to Dakota Wesleyan. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88.5. We'll be back with more from Joe Quintel Stadium right after this. So it comes down to this for Dakota Wesley, and it's fourth down and goal to go at the three. They used a timeout with 137 remaining. They trail 47 at 10, trying to get into the end zone. This is their fourth play inside the five. Back to passes Nelson. Nelson's pass incomplete, knocked away. I believe that was, well, who was that for the defenders? Number 18, Aaron Van Hofwagen. Van Hofwagen knocks it away, and the Dort defense stops Dakota Wesleyan four times inside the five-yard line. And the defenders will take over first down and ten at their own three with 132 remaining in the game. Eli Bolden to the near side for the defenders. Ethan Thomas is your quarterback. Dakota Wesleyan, defense, trying to pin Dort deep in their own territory. Handoff to Trojan. Dakota Wesleyan has two timeouts remaining. Gain of two on the play. So second down and eight yards to go. And the defenders can let the clock run down here, and they can take it down near the 45-second mark before they need to snap the football. And if they do indeed wait that long and nobody gets cute with timeouts, 
This will likely be the last play of the contest. Thomas, under center, takes a snap, hands the football to the official. And Dort will have to run one more play. And at this point, you can snap the football any time. Third down and eight. 20 seconds on the play clock. Pretty good performance, solid performance for the Dort offense. And the defense made the stops when they were backed into the corner. And that's going to bring this one to a close. Thomas takes the snap, takes an E, and that's the ball game. Your final score, Dort 47, Dakota Wesleyan 10. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center 88.5. Back with a recap of today's contest right after this. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center 88.5. The Dort defenders victorious over Dakota Wesleyan this afternoon. By final score of 47-10, the defenders started the scoring with a Michael Sonderman one-yard touchdown run with 9.44 left to go in the first quarter. Carter Skibout added a two-yard touchdown run to make it 13-0. Tate Gale followed with a field goal for Dakota Wesleyan from 39 yards to make it 13-3. But then the defenders tacked on three more scores in the first half. Noah Clayberg, one-yard touchdown run. Ethan Thomas, a three-yard completion to Hayden Large. And Noah Clayberg, a 26-yard touchdown run with under a minute to go in the first half, making it 33-3. Wesleyan did score the first touchdown of the second half to make it 33-10 on a Zach Lester to Garrett Dieterman, eight-yard touchdown pass. But then Carter Skibout visited the end zone again. Nine-yard touchdown run. And Noah Clayberg completed a pass to Rafi Carr for 20 yards to make it 47-10, the final score. That last touchdown coming with 11-13 remaining in the contest. All totaled, Dort with 32 first downs. Dakota Wesleyan with 15. Dort ran for 364 yards. Limited Dakota Wesleyan to 79 yards on 26 rushes. Dort 193 yards passing. Dakota Wesleyan 219. All total, Dort 70 plays from scrimmage, 557 yards. Dakota Wesleyan 55 plays from scrimmage, 298 yards. Dort did not have a turnover today, and neither did Dakota Wesleyan. Cleanly played game on that front. Noah Clayberg, 13 of 18 passing for 177 yards and a touchdown. He also ran for 68 yards on eight carries and got into the end zone twice. Carter Skibout, 15 carries, 119 yards, 7.9 per carry. Michael Sonderman, 14 carries for 90 yards, and he had a 6.4 yards per carry average. Anthony Trojan, 4 carries, 76 yards, 71 of them coming on a carry from deep in his own territory. That set up the final score of the first half for the defenders. Levi Jungling had 9 catches for 117 yards, Ben Hubelhorst, three catches for 25 yards. Carr, Large, Jaden Hoisman, Sonderman, Eli Bolden, and Drake Milliken, all with one catch apiece for the defenders. On defense, Brayton Van Kickerick, say tackle for a loss. Nathan Cabongo, three solo, one assisted blo- uh, tackle. 
And he also had one pass break up. Josh Morazic, two tackles for loss. Jessup Leakey, a tackle for loss. Colin Thornton and Zach Sipma also with a couple of tackles for loss this afternoon. For Dakota Wesleyan, Zach Lester, 15 of 21 passing, 122 yards. Top rusher was Kyle Nielsen, six rushes for 30 yards, 32 yards that is. Top pass catcher today for Dakota Wesleyan, Spencer Negabauer, six catches for a 15.5 yards per catch average. He had a long of 43. Dakota Wesleyan slips to 0-3 this season, while the defenders improve to 2-0. Speaking of scores, let's take a look now at the fairway. Scoreboard update, fairway meat and grocery in Sioux Center, best at fresh, serving the community since 1991. Concordia is going to beat Briarcliff, it appears, 24-7 in the fourth quarter in Sioux City. And it is Doan leading Hastings at Hastings this afternoon, 35-24. Next week's action includes Midland at Briarcliff, Hastings at Morningside, Jamestown at Concordia, and Dakota Wesleyan is at Doan. You're listening to KDCR Sioux Center, 88-5. Once again, our final score, Dort 47 and Dakota Wesleyan 10. For KDCR Sports, I'm Mike Biker. Good afternoon. <laughs>